Hey, RD2Bs. Welcome to Dietetics with Dana. This is Dana Fryer, your host. I'm a registered dietitian and registered dietitian exam tutor. And this is my podcast where we talk about all things about becoming a registered dietitian. In this week's episode, I'm super excited to bring on another guest as we continue our series of exploring different dietitian roles. Today, I have Christina Carolois. She's a registered dietitian working with Boston College as the campus dietitian. Christina, thanks so much for coming on. Oh, I am so honored to be here, Dana. So excited. Thanks. Yeah. So we have to start out with the question I ask all my guests. Why did you want to become a registered dietitian? Well, good question. And I did not know what I wanted to do until I was a freshman in college. So I had no idea. I had a lot of thoughts and ideas. I loved education, teaching. Um, I always found that I learned so much better when I taught like a train the trainer. Um, And I loved science. I felt like that subject always made the most sense to me. It was easiest to grasp and really understand. Um, And so I knew I liked both of those, but I just didn't know what I wanted to do. So I ended up going into Simmons undecided and thought I wanted to do education. So I had registered for an education course. I did intro to bio for, you know, that, that core, the science core that you have to take. Um, I think there were just a couple of other freshman core courses I had to take. And then um, I took intro to nutrition because I remember seeing when I was registering for classes, I was like, this is such an interesting class. And I figure this is a great life skill. Mm -hmm. So, you know, like this is just going to be interesting to learn. And I remembered sitting in my first class with professor, Dr. Lisa Brown, and um, with some of my classmates who I'm still friends with to this day. And she just went over what is a dietitian, which I didn't know until really sitting in that class. Um, because when we had like career days at school, it was a physical therapist or a nurse or radiologist. It, um, there was no dietitian. Um, and I don't remember us having a dietitian in school or talking to us at all at the time. Um, so she's Dr. Brown is talking about what a dietitian is and the scope of practice and how you can really help people from just food and, and listening to people. Um, and I was sitting there and I'm like, oh my gosh, this is like teaching science. Like it's a science, but like a a specialized science. Um, and so immediately after that, I remember looking up like, what's a dietitian? How do I become a dietitian? Um, and so much so that I kept taking the course and asked to meet with Dr. Brown and said, I want this to be my major. Like, this is what I want to do. And she had a great and very frank conversation with me about the the course load. It's the organic chemistries and the biochemistries. It's very pre-med heavy in those first two years. Um, and, you know, she's like, I don't want to deter you. I want, I just want you to have a realistic expectation of it's not, you know, just, you know, fruits and vegetables. And I appreciated that because I think sometimes people don't realize how far our scope is within medical nutrition. Um, so just hearing that I was like, okay, great. Yep. I know this is what I'm getting myself into. Um, and so I, I joked on when I was interviewed by the band podcast that Dr. Lisa Brown showed me into the promised land that day <laughs> when we sat and mapped out my four years. And then from there on, it was off to be a dietitian and I never looked back. Love it. And I think, you know, your story is similar where I know I, I didn't even know what a registered dietitian was until I was at the accepted students day for dietetics at BU. And I was like, <laughs> 
don't know what I was doing before then, but they're like, we're talking about it. And I'm like, wow, this, this was great. Cause I really didn't yeah. know. I knew like similar of like, I like nutrition. There's biochem I have to take, excuse yeah. me. So it's always nice when you can kind of have that original mentor to kind of guide you through and be like, it's not going to be easy, but here are the steps to become a dietitian. Yeah. I love it. Wonderful. And so you did some of your schooling at, at Simmons. So tell us kind of about your path to become a registered dietitian. So I did all of my degrees at Simmons. I did my undergraduate and did a bachelor of science in nutrition and dietetics with the DPD involved in that. Um, and then I went right into my dietetic internship. So I really looked at multiple dietetic internship programs, specifically locally, um, because why leave such a great medical Mecca? I mean, to each their own, but I just was so enthralled by the local medicine. Um, so I really thought about it. I thought like, but what kind of dietitian do I want to be? Do I want to be really clinical or food service or outpatient? And I just didn't know where I wanted to go with that. So that's why I ended up ranking Simmons as my first choice because it's really diverse. So you're doing a bit of everything. Um, and so I felt that that was probably a better fit for me than going somewhere that was super clinical or super food service or outpatient community. Um, I just, it, being at Simmons, I got to do a bunch of everything. So that's what made the most sense. Um, and so then I passed my RD exam on a Friday and started working on Monday after. Um, oh I started as an uh part-time clinical dietitian at Melrose Wakefield Hospital, where I did my clinical rotation. And I loved that. Um, and then I moved on to some outpatient, which I liked, but I realized while I was practicing for those six months that I really wanted to get more clinical experience. I felt like I would be a much better dietitian just getting back into the swing of things. So then I fell into my job at Eber Senior Life. And I didn't really think I wanted to work with the elderly, but an uh, intern classmate of mine was covering maternity leave and said, I think you would love this job. And I did. And it was the best thing I did for almost seven years. Um, so I started as a clinical dietitian, worked my way up to senior clinical. And then um, before I left Hebrew Senior Life was a lead clinical dietitian. Um, and then in the midst of my job at Hebrew Senior Life, I got my master's part-time. So I really thought about where I wanted to go. Did I want to branch out and go to a different school? I really wanted to continue working because it's a financial impact too, yep. you know? Um, and I, I felt that I'm really glad I didn't get my master's right out of school because I was able to appreciate isn't the right word, but it, it kind of is. I was I, I was able to apply so much more. And I think the degree and the classes were so much more meaningful because I had that experience. Um, so I'm very happy that I took some time to practice, get that experience, because I think it made the program more, more worthwhile for me. Um, I really appreciated it. Um, and I enjoyed it. And I was debating, you know, I don't need a master's. I've been grandfathered in, but I really love school. And I, I love Simmons, such a place of an inclusivity and acceptance and, and female leadership. Um, so it was just natural to go back. I love my professors there still. I keep in touch with them to this day yeah. um, with like biannual check-ins. Um, and so it was, it became a no-brainer to go back. 
No, definitely. And I think too, you know, it's such a good topic to kind of bring up too, because obviously, you know, with 2024, now the students are going to need a master's degree. And I think what Christine is saying of, you know, making sure you're going to a place that's going to be, you know, valuable to you, even though a lot of you guys are either going to have to do it right after your dietetic internship or, you know, beforehand too. And, you know, there's lots of programs, there's long programs, there's short programs, there's online programs, there's in-person program. But I know from myself too, having also done my master's of, the mentors and the professors definitely needs to be one of the top things you're looking at, especially if you know that you want to really get the the most out of out of your masters too. So doing kind of those interviews, don't be afraid to stay at somewhere you know you love, just like Christina, yeah. I never left Boston University. <laughs> I stay I stayed there for all my degrees, all my dietetic internships because it what it's what worked best for me. And yep. that's gonna be different for every person too. Yep. Ditto. Mm-hmm. Perfect. So you started out super clinical focused. We're there at the hospital, you said for seven years. Yeah. And now your role is a campus dietitian. So what 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 made you want to kind of make such a big switch? Big change, big age change from geriatrics to college students. Um, but I had done my food service rotation at Boston College. Oh, okay. So when I was a dietetic intern, I did my food service rotation at BC and absolutely loved it. I think going into it, I was like, not least looking forward to food service, but I didn't like excite me. Like yeah, many people are jumping for joy. Yeah. Like, wow, I got, <laughs> I got this place for my food yeah. service. Well, I I do remember when I saw Boston College's food service, I was so excited because um, my family had gone to BC. Um, My grandmother worked in the bakery at BC decades ago. Um, So we have a a big family connection there. So I was really excited. And um, I I was looking forward to seeing like the university side of things. Um, So I just remembered loving it. BC is what we call a self-op. So it's not run by an, a different company. It's it's BC uh, Dining is its own entity. Um, and I remember they they have a lot of autonomy and creativity. And I got to be so creative and come up with recipes, test recipes, do nutrition education. And um, I, the dietitian there did counseling. And I was like, wow, this job is like everything I want to do. Um, and so I just always kept in touch with my preceptor, who is now my boss, um, because it was such a great place to be. And I was like, well, maybe one day like this, this would be a great, a great job. How do I get there? Um, and so, you know, worked through clinical and then saw that the job was opened um, just last year. And I was like, wow, OK, like this is what you had said, you know, eight, eight nine years ago. Um so here's your chance and and go for it. And I will say in the last couple of years, while I was the lead clinical dietitian, I did a lot of clinical, but also a lot of food service because, you know, you, you, in order to be a good clinical dietitian, you have to understand the food service aspect. So what goes into making the menus? Um, you know, I can have all these great ideas as a clinical dietitian, we need to put these in the menus, but is it something that a product that we can acquire? How does that work into our budgeting? Um, are we making sure that we're meeting the, you know, dietary guidelines, especially for geriatrics and, mm-hmm. 
uh, with uh, the Department of Public Health and Medicare and making sure we're meeting all of those requirements. Um, so it made me a better dietitian understanding the food service aspect. And I think that's what really helped in my transition into this role today was clinical, but also understanding food service because the job is, is very two part. Yeah, no, and I think, and it's great to hear because, you know, always a tone of a lot of people as they talk about how awful working clinical is and how no one wants to work at it. And all my listeners know I love clinical, yeah. but, you know, but it, it it's a great, depending on what you want to do. If you want to mm-hmm. be, you know, an outpatient dietitian, private practice, you probably don't want to be in clinical, but there's so many skills. And I hate to hear people discount the skills because I know a huge reason why I, you know, felt comfortable transitioning to outpatient. Being the only dietitian in my clinic was because I worked with a team. I worked in clinical. So it's, you learn a lot of skills and Christina sounds from your experience too. So much of that was applicable to really a different role too. Yeah. And I think the biggest thing too, is that in this role currently, I don't think I could have walked on right out of my internship. I re- you really do need good experience um, and whatever under, you know, that on the ground experience, um, you know, it, with, with clinical, you see so much, mm-hmm. you see so much you're having, you know, tough conversations, you're learning leadership, you're learning how to interact with other disciplines. Um, You know, I remember the first two weeks of clinical, I was like, this is terrible. When I was an intern, this is frightening. Um, I I don't want to go up to the nurse. She doesn't look very nice. Like she's she's probably going to yell at me for interrupting her. And, and, but that was such a good learning experience to now work in a, you know, multidisciplinary facet and learning that my input is, is just as important as my, you know, coworkers and how, and how do we work together? Um, So I think clinical really helps with those bonds more so than you think. Um, Like I said, yes, I got to know the labs and the meds and the medical nutrition therapy, and you're seeing so much so that it makes you a better practitioner because you've been exposed to so much more. Um, Plus, you know how to have those conversations with, with patients, clients, students, um, that are harder. And that I think for me were harder to have early on in my career and I've gotten easier, not that the conversations are easier, but myself having an easier time, um, with those clients, you know, to really give them such a meaningful time together. Definitely. And I think, you know, you spoke perfectly on the skill set of working in an inter-multidisciplinary team you gain in, you know, in clinical and, you know, Christina's multidisciplinary team look probably looks a little bit different, right? On the campus versus in the hospital, but, you know, so much of clinical, you know, makes you a little bit tougher than you Mm -hmm. were, were coming in. And I always like to tell my, you know, my interns when they get that first, like mean person yelling at them, I'm like, remember learning how to deal with this is not only good for work, but good for life. Too, yes. You have to figure out, you know, how do I work with people whose ideas butt up against mine, or maybe they don't understand my role, or maybe it's a patient who, you know, they saw something on TikTok and they don't think you're an expert. They're mm-hmm. going to follow what the TikTok person does. So, oh, yes, <laughs> a lot, a lot of, 
a lot of different things too. And tell us a little bit about kind of what does a campus dietitian do? What does the day-to-day look like? So we wear a lot of different hats and I am in like a, a group of dietitians that we just made up very organically on our own of collegiate um, food service dietitians. And it's the best group because we all know what the other is going through. And we, we talk about what are you doing? And all of our jobs are similar, but different. We have different aspects that we cover. Um, but for the most part, so for my role specifically at BC, I wear a lot of different hats. So I work with students. First of all, um, I, I do outpatient counseling. Um, we have a dietitian within our health services that see students specifically for eating disorders and disordered eating. And then I see the general nutrition, medical nutrition therapy. Um, so I counsel students um, more on the short term. And then if I feel like they would benefit from long-term counseling, I refer out. We have so many great dietitians in our world. Um, so I do, you know, share the wealth. Um, and then I also consult students with food allergies, celiac disease, and medical nutrition needs. So especially those incoming students, you know, they've been navigating on their own at home or with their parents' assistance, and now they need to do a lot on their own. So I serve as that bridge to help them navigate with through their independence um, and how to navigate away from home and in a food service setting. Um, so I work with a lot of students on navigating that. And with that, um, students with food allergies, celiac disease, medical nutrition needs can receive accommodations uh, through disability services because it's covered under the um, Americans with Disabilities Act. So I work with our disability services office um, to help students navigate our dining halls and how can you be a student with your needs on campus and how can we support you? Um, but also here are the accommodations that your um, students are eligible for and how to help them advocate for themselves. Um, and, and then talk about, okay, you're on campus, we need you to eat. Um, here's how we can do it together. Yeah. So that's I, another aspect. <laughs> no, I mean, and, it, and it's such a diverse thing too. And I think, you know, we had one of our guests previously was a school district dietitian out of Nebraska. Mm. And it was so interesting to talk to her where she was like, oh no, I'm not just doing food service. I'm doing all this coordination with disability services, with allergies, all these yeah. different things. Cause you're working in a very interesting population where they're adults, right? Yes. But they're coming, you know, they're coming from their homes where everything, you know, most likely their families were cooking for them too. Right. And I'm sure just that transition can be difficult for a lot of people. Right. You know, I tell them you're being a freshman is tough. Being a freshman with, you know, medical nutrition needs, food allergies is really tough. Um, so let's try to make this a, the best experience that we can for you um, and, and get you nourished and that we're here to help. Um, but, you know, in addition to that, I get to do a lot of fun things too, like education. Um, we do for BC dining, we do a post on our, our Instagram called wellness Wednesdays, where I pick a different topic each week and do a quick few Instagram stories just to educate the population. Mm -hmm. Um, we'll do different events on campus. So for example, 
um, after Thanksgiving, we're going to do what we're calling a cup of positivity. And at one of the late nights, we're going to be hosting um, where students can get an assortment of different teas. We're going to have a little tea bar um, and then give students um, Sharpies to write positive affirmations on their cups as they're getting into finals time before the holidays. Um, and then we're going to have some mindful eating and self-care tips and handouts. So I get to enjoy a lot of that too. And then the last part, I guess, is um, I work on menu and recipe development. So making sure we have enough gluten-free options across campus and plant forward options on campus. Um, are we meeting, you know, with it's not as stringent as healthcare where we're like, you must keep under 2000 milligrams of sodium per day. Um, but I do be, I'm certainly mindful of it because we do have students that have needs for diabetes or, you know, cardiac health that we still need to make sure we have options for as well. So I put that hat on and I get a seat at the senior table when we're planning these menus to say like, this looks great. How can we make it plant-based? Um, or, looking through these options, we need some more gluten-free options. Here's how we can do it. And then it can help with, you know, multiple different groups on campus as well. So Very I got a lot of hats. We, we love it. And I think that's why it's so interesting to have you on to kind of talk about it, because I think a lot of people listening probably do not know that a lot of campuses and even ones that like have like Sodexo or Airmark, they all tend to have a registered yes. dietitian. Yep. The visibility, I think, is what I see kind of varies campus, campus mm -hmm. to campus, but there's a lot of, you know, really cool aspects in kind of this campus dietitian role. And I think, you know, one of the most important ones of having a dietitian on the team is the fact that you have someone coming to that senior table, like you said, who's being mindful of, you know, like, yes, we need gluten-free options, but it can't just be rice every day, right. you know, yes. what, else, what else can it be? And, you know, and having all these kind of diverse student, you know, medical nutrition therapy issues in mind too, is such an important perspective that the dietitian brings to the team. Yeah, absolutely. You nailed it. Right. Wonderful. And it sounds like they do kind of a lot of different, you know, types of events and different things with the students to kind of promote lots of different kind of nutrition initiatives too. And you're meeting with people one-on-one -on -one as well. So it's, it's a, it sounds like a great mix, but if you had to pick one thing, what would you say is your favorite thing about your job? Oh, that's, that's hard. Um, I think that my favorite part is when I have students come into my office who are either nervous or stressed out or just feeling like, I don't know what to eat. I don't have enough options on campus. Um, you know, or I'm, I just, you know, what do I do? And, and I talk to them like, okay, well, let's get into it. What do you eat at home? And let's see and how we can harmonize that with what we have on campus. And can we pull in those, you know, dining accommodations and talk, you know, with disability service, you can have further access and accommodations. And I see that sense of relief. And I say to them, how are we feeling after? Do we feel any better than when we walked through this door? And, you know, they're like, I, I, I do, like, I do feel better. I'm like, that's great. And we don't have to change everything today, but I just like, let's go out and talk about like, what things are you going to implement today after we've talked? Um, and then just, just seeing that relief on their faces is that's everything. 
Yes. And I think, you know, so many of these services that people don't realize that are on campus. I remember when my sister, my older sister started cartilage, she's gluten-free and we met with the campus dietitian, at which point I still didn't know what a dietitian was, but they were like, don't worry, this is where you can go. This is what you can do. We're going to, if you love sandwiches, we're going to order gluten-free. And so many people don't realize, you know, that's, that's an option, you know, too. So it's, you know, and I'm sure, you know, and I love that with my patients too, of just taking some of their stress away and being like, I actually have the degrees and expertise to help you with this, you know, because it's something you see every day, but this is their first time navigating. Right. And I think to a great point, like you said, it's a service that some people don't know is is available to them. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I'm here on campus. It's a great resource. And, you know, I'm just always trying to figure out how is the best way that I can communicate that out to students. So I'm always working on that. I, I love it. What about what are some of kind of the challenging pieces of your job? You know, you're it's it's hard to please every palate. You know, we have over 9,000 students and, and everybody comes in. This is how, you know, I cook this recipe at home and this is how I cook this recipe at home. And, but I like this brand, but I, I don't like that brand. I like this brand. So that I think is the most challenging part of my job is harmonizing so many different palettes and having conversations with students that, you know, are harder to say, okay, we don't have this exactly like you have at home, but let's talk about very similar options on campus. Um, or tell me your feedback so I can look into it. You know, is there something that are we seeing this as feedback from multiple students? And then this is this it leads to do we have to have some change? Um, for example, our students were vocal that they disliked the veggie burger. And then when we talked, there were more and more students who disliked it. So this past week, we had a veggie burger tasting with 10 different options, and students came in and tried each one and gave us their feedback. Um, and so we, we again, you, you know, took, took the majority, um, but considered everybody's perspectives. Um, so that's the hardest part. And I don't know if that will ever get easier, because um, I, I, I tend to be such an empath, so, yeah. um, but it, you know, you're just trying to do the best you can for as many students as possible and, and expressing that to them. And sometimes I'll say to them, okay, if you were in my shoes, how could we solve this together? Yeah. Um, because they have great ideas. And I, you know, sometimes, or they say, I don't know either. I'm like, okay, well, let's, yeah. let's talk it through. Maybe we can come up with something together and I can bring it back to senior leadership and we can talk about it and come up with ideas based on all of their levels of expertise. Yeah, definitely. And I think that's one of the things that a lot of people who want to do roles that are a little bit more food servicey, because there's a lot of clinical jobs that in them have food service. Mm-hmm. And I think that's always people's biggest fears. They're like, is my entire life going to be told, <laughs> being told that the mashed potatoes are the worst they've ever had and that they hate the food? And I think Christina brings up a good point of no matter what, there's never going to be a meal that, you know, in our dreams, right. Where every single patient, every single student is like, this was the best ever. But, you know, some of the things I'm sure to kind of talk about when you're interviewing for that job is in your role, are you going to be able to implement the changes when you hear Mm -hmm. someone say, you know, are you going to be having a seat at the committee to talk about it? Are you, does your, you know, school hospital have any, you know, flexibility or have they always bought this veggie burger for 40 years and they, Mm -hmm. and they can't. And I'm sure that's something that probably being 
at a school that has their own dining services probably gives you a little bit more flexibility than when you're at like a big account school. Yeah, and I like I can speak through my personal experience. I've never worked um like from a food service perspective mm-hmm. with like a Sedex or an Aramark. So it, I'm not maybe the best person to compare that to, but from being in this experience, I it definitely is a factor. Um we can make we're we I say like culture change, like let's make decisions um to support our students and get that feedback. Um and I tell students, don't be shy to share that feedback because if I don't, if we don't know. And we can't make the change. So you tell us and give us that constructive feedback and, and we'll go to the books and we'll see what we can do. I love it. And my last question for your interview today of for the students who are listening, you know, or we have some kind of newer dietitians who tend to be listening to, if they're listening to this episode and they're like, wow, that sounds, you know, like something I would be interested in. What steps would you recommend they take early in their careers to kind of set them up to be ready for this type of position? Great question. And I think my answer would be the same in this position or in clinical. It's find dietitians that are in the roles that you want and reach out to them. You do not know until you ask. Um, You can say, can I shadow you for a day or can you take me on for my community rotation for the the spring semester or for my um, community rotation for four weeks of my internship? It's I know it's hard to find preceptors, especially in a distance program, but you just never know. And for students that are already in a coordinated program, um, you know, telling your director or um, for, for your internship or, or classes, like, I really want to do this. How can I get involved? And your, your professor or preceptor very well may know a dietitian, but if not, you can literally for, if you're looking for a campus dietitian, look around through the colleges and you'll find them and you can get in touch with them and just ask. Um, it's the best way to really know is to get in that experience. I, I think it's hard. You, we have these great ideals of like, oh, I think I want to do this. But once you get into it, it can really tell you if it's a fit or not a fit. Um, so I, yes, and keep my biggest piece of advice for dietary interns, students in dietetics is Keep in touch, establish good relationships because you never know, maybe a dream job comes up seven years later um, and you can, you know, grasp at that or you have connections. Just, just always keep in touch. I think I love when students keep in touch with me that I precepted when I was a clinical dietitian um, and, or they tell me, tell me what they're up to, or if they need a letter of recommendation, I've definitely written many of those or um, connected students with jobs or at um, positions at man. So I think that's the most valuable resource that I could tell students. No, definitely. And I think, you know, that networking part of nutrition, one of the huge benefits we have being a small but mighty field (laughs) is that so many people know each other, you know, too. So when you're in, so if this is something you're interested in, tell people. And I tell all my students this, I'm like, just say it out loud, post about it on LinkedIn. Because, you know, if any of you guys were to talk with me in your sessions and you're like, yeah, I think I want something food service or, you know, campus or something, right. I would be able to have Christina where I could say, oh, you know, here's a contact. Informational interviews are a really great thing. I do those all the time, especially for students who want to work in oncology. And they're like, 
How do I get in? Mm-hmm. Do an informational interview. A lot of dietitians, you know, their biggest reason why they say no is just their schedule. Usually right. all of us want to say yes. Right. And you don't know when that connection, you know, can turn, you know, can turn into a job. So always kind of keeping those relationships, connect on, you know, LinkedIn, Instagram. That's how you know, you know, that are a lot of things that are going on. That's how I asked Christina for her podcast <laughs> interview because I'm connected well with her through Mand, but also LinkedIn. And I saw one year at BC and I said, wow, that's a perfect <laughs> job to tell my students about, you know, and, and reached out. So you keeping those connections open are really, really important too. No. And I, I love what I do. I think like I'm going to be a, a lifetimer and a lot of campus dietitians have like 20 plus years in this role. Um, so, and and then there are a group of us who are, are fairly new in the past couple of years, but have had experience being a dietitian. Um, but it is, it is such a fun job. Like, how can I say that for work? But, um, yeah. I love it. And I think that's, you know, one of the most important things too. And also remembering Christina's story of she, you know, has lots, has had a lot of different roles that she also really liked. And you might not be in that like perfect sweet spot because most likely you probably don't know what that is when you first start out. It's going to take a few years. And I always very openly share with my students too, that when I first started out, I thought my sweet spot, my dream, dream, dream was inpatient clinical. And it was, that was my dream while I was there. And because I also didn't know that I could, you know, work part-time in oncology, private practice and tutor students too. I didn't know that even was going to be something too. So you don't know exactly what is going to work best for your personality, your lifestyle, you know, your educational experience sometimes until down the line. So do not feel like you need to come out of the internship and be like, my dream job is fill in the blank here. And I know exactly what I want to do. Yes, I agree. Wonderful. Well, Christina, thank you so much for coming on. I mean, I learned so much about BC's dietitians. (laughs) I didn't even know they had a campus dietitian. So it's so great to kind of hear all about that role. I know. And we have two in athletics. So there's four of us across campus. And one of them in athletics was my dietetic internship classmate. So full circle. Exactly. Well, thanks everyone for tuning in today. If there is a dietitian career that you want to learn more about, feel free to email me at DanaJFryerNutrition at gmail.com so I can work on getting them on the podcast. And don't forget to subscribe and rate the podcast. That's the best way so that you do not miss any episodes and to make sure that others can find the podcast.